0: Good morning. Uh, They say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Uh, You might have noticed Morse chose to wear the same thing as me this morning. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment, I think. Let me pray as we get underway. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the great privilege of meeting together, of meeting together around your word, and of hearing you speak to us. Father, this morning we pray that these words that you speak to us won't pass us by and uh, be forgotten, but that we might hold on to them just as we might hold on to the lord jesus please help us to remain in him amen well how is your spiritual life going uh the other week i had to go and get a medical a general health checkup uh, it was just a kind of run-of-the-mill thing but i found as i was heading there that i started to be a bit nervous you know, I, I thought i was fine but the trouble is, I didn't know what the doctor would think as I was going. There was this, uh, this pressure, I think, that maybe, maybe the doctor would think that I wasn't actually as fine as I thought I was. And, and I'm still waiting for the time, just once, when maybe the doctor will say, actually, you need to be eating more donuts." And it's not, it's not <laughs> happened ever so far. But if you were to have a spiritual health checkup, how nervous would you be? If you had to go to the spiritual doctors and, and get a checkup, how would you be feeling as you get ready for that. How is your spiritual life going? Uh, Are you fit and healthy? So you're you're the spiritual equivalent of a triathlete. Uh, You're you're really fit. You've been feeding yourself the right things. You've been reading God's word. Uh, You've been training hard in godliness uh, by getting both your doctrine and and your living right. Uh, You've been striving in prayer. You're doing really well. You're really healthy. It feels like your spiritual life is going well. Or are you more like a couch potato? Uh, Are you more like uh, someone who's sitting on the couch spiritually, uh, and actually the idea of a spiritual health checkup makes you sweat? And really, that's the only sweating you've been doing lately, because you're not that healthy. Uh, You've been uh, really not eating the right things, Uh, the things you watch, the things you listen to, the things you read, well, they're junk. You you haven't been feeding yourself the right stuff. Uh, The words of Jesus, they don't get a look in, and so in your life, well, maybe you don't feel like much of a Christian at the moment. The truth is, we all go through ups and downs in our spiritual life. There's times when we feel more like a a good Christian and times when we don't. And any of us who've been Christian for a while, we we know this, don't we? But today, regardless of how you're feeling at this moment, well, Jesus has something to say about your spiritual health. Uh, This week, we're starting a new series in John's Gospel, but we're not starting at the beginning of the Gospel. We're jumping in right at the middle. Uh, we've just had Easter, and we're kind of doing it in reverse. We're having our dessert before dinner, if that makes sense. We had Easter last weekend, but this week we're jumping in to the night before Easter when Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, and in, in John's Gospel, these last few hours before Jesus' death, they're really important. They, they take up quite a few chapters in the book. See, it's Passover. It's this Jewish festival. And Jesus gathers with his disciples for one last intimate meal. It's the last supper. And John, John the disciple who was there that night, he records the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples for us. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there that night? It's Jerusalem, and it's packed with people. It's the Passover. It's this festival. People have come flooding in from all over the place, even outside of Israel, to come to Jerusalem for this special festival. So there's a real energy in the air. There's, there's a real excitement in the air, especially because in the last few days, all of these people have been celebrating Jesus. Remember, a week before his death, Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and the crowds cheer him on. They, they wave palm fronds in the air. They throw their cloaks on the road. They're excited about Jesus coming, and for good reason, because not even a week before, Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead that's not normal (laughs) this is special this is exciting and while all that hype is happening outside well what's happening inside the the disciples are there with Jesus they've left the crowds behind they've got this intimate moment with their friend and their master they're they're in a special room having this special meal together imagine how they're feeling See, see they don't get that Jesus is about to die they're riding that high of being so excited like all the other crowds And they're the lucky friends who get to be in there having this special meal with Jesus. But Jesus knows he's about to die. That's part of what makes these chapters so, so special. See, Jesus knows he's about to die. And so this is the final private conversation that Jesus has with his friends. They're Jesus' last words before he faces the executioner's block the next day or rather the hammer and nails. These chapters, they contain the final things that Jesus' disciples need to know before Jesus leaves them and dies. So they're really worth reading. It's good that we're reading these chapters. And let me encourage you, uh, read through them yourself. Chapters 13 to 17, that's, that's where we're, we are. Uh, or even better, you could read through the whole gospel this week. I think that would be a really good thing to do. But, but today, well, we've just got this small section in chapter 15. And in these verses, Jesus tells his disciples, and so tells us as well, about the key to spiritual health and vitality. And he does it using the vivid picture of a vine. And so take a look with me from verse 1. John 15, verse 1. Make sure you've got your Bibles there, that'll really help. Verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, it's simple enough, right? We've all seen vines. Uh, In my house growing up, we had a passion fruit vine that kind of took over the back fence and almost took it down. Uh, Jesus is a thriving vine. He's the roots and the trunk. He's, He's the whole thing. Jesus is the vine, and the Father is the gardener. And so actually, rather than a wild passion fruit... Uh, rather than something uncultivated, picture a flourishing vine uh, in the vineyards of the Hunter Valley. It's it's a cultivated and cared for vine. It's regularly pruned to promote new growth. Dead branches, they're cut off so that the, the living branches have space to grow. The gardener cares for the vine. He wants it to thrive. He wants to make sure it's as fruitful as it can be. But did you notice how Jesus said he's the true vine? He's the true vine. See, there was another vine. Uh, in the Old Testament, it, the people of God are often described as a vine or a vineyard. And it wasn't often a positive description. Actually, in, in Isaiah 5, and you could look at other places as well, as well, but Isaiah 5, God talks about the vineyard he lovingly planted and cared for. God, God planted the house of Israel. He cared for them. But in return, well, they were fruitless. They were spiritually dead. He looked for the fruit of justice and righteousness, but he was sorely disappointed. Yet where they failed, Jesus succeeds. Jesus is the true vine. He he does bear fruit. Jesus is the vine that truly bears fruit. And that fruitfulness spreads to his disciples as well. Have a look at verses 4 and 5. From verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, not only is Jesus the vine and the Father the gardener, but we, as followers of Jesus, wear the branches. And, and as branches, we share in the life, in the fruitfulness. Of the vine. We share in his life. See, see, it's true. We we all go through ups and downs in our spiritual life. There's times when we feel more healthy than at other times. The disciples at the Last Supper, well, they were about to go through one of those hard times, weren't they? The very next day when, when Jesus dies. But Jesus delivers a warning. Don't become spiritually dead. Don't let your spiritual pulse stop. And more than a warning, he gives them the elixir to spiritual life. He gives them the key to spiritual health and vitality. It's so simple. Did you notice it? It's in verse 4. It's right at the start. Verse 4, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. Remain in me, Jesus says. That's the key. That's the key to spiritual health. As Jesus is about to die and as his friends are about to be really sad because he's, he's left them, this is what he wants them to remember. This is what they need to do once he's gone. Remain in him. It's a, it's a simple elixir, isn't it? It's, it's pretty straightforward. All it takes to maintain your spiritual life, well, it's to remain in Jesus. You don't need some crazy exercise regime or the you know couch to 5K or whatever it is No, you just remain in Jesus. But there are some pretty significant consequences if you don't take this elixir. So you cannot bear fruit outside of Jesus. You you cannot bear fruit outside of Jesus. Uh, And this is one of the points on your outlines. Jesus, I think there's points on your outlines. Yeah, good, good. I had a sudden moment where I thought, maybe not. But it's it's okay. Uh, Jesus is really clear about this. Uh, We just saw it at the end of verse 5. Have a look again, verse 5. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, it's no good trying to be a Christian without a connection to Jesus. It it just can't be done. It's no good trying to be spiritual without a connection to Jesus. It, It just doesn't work. You can't cut a branch off from the vine and expect it to still be alive. You can't expect it to keep growing. At that stage, it's lost the thing that was keeping it alive. At that point, it's already dead. It just doesn't know it yet. And sadly, the fact that Jesus warns us about this, that he even has these, uh, these words, it's a, it means that there's a, a real category out there. There are too many people in churches who claim to know Christ but yet actually have no real connection to him. This is really sad. Uh, For for a time, these people, they may even look like Christians. They may talk the talk, and they may even do things that look pretty good. Uh, They might be outwardly impressive, and they might seem godly, but they're missing the one thing that they need. They're missing Jesus. They're not united with Christ. They don't remain in him. And so everything else, no matter what it is, no matter what good things it might look like, in the end... It won't count for anything. Uh, Remember when I was here last, actually, we, we talked a few weeks ago about the secret to true religion. It's knowing Christ, it's gaining Christ. That's the thing that you need. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. And actually, the truth is eventually, sooner or later, well, these people, they'll be revealed. Sooner or later, it's always recognizable. Because you might be able to fake godly living for a little while. You might be able to talk about the right kinds of stuff, and that might get you by for a little bit. But in the end, if you're not attached to the vine, you can't bear fruit. The vine is the source of life. There is no source of life if you're not attached to the vine. And the future is bleak for fruitless branches. And we saw that in verse 2, that the father cuts off any branch that doesn't bear fruit. The branches that are no good for bearing fruit, they aren't actually good for anything. So you can't make stuff out of a vine. right? If you've cut a branch off, you can't sit on it in a chair. It's just not going to work. There's actually nothing you can do with that wood. You can't make it into anything. It can't do anything useful. You just have to burn it. Take a look at verse 6. If you do not remain in me, You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Dead, fruitless branches, well, they're no good to the farmer. And they're no good to anyone else. So they're destroyed. Brothers and sisters, can you see how important it is to remain in Christ? It's impossible to bear fruit apart from Christ. But while that's impossible, it's also impossible not to bear fruit if you're in Christ. It's, it's kind of the other side of the coin. Uh, again, this is a point on your outline. Uh, but let's look again at verse 5. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. There's a wonderful promise here. As we saw earlier, Jesus is the true fruitful vine. And as these branches, we're automatically... Part of that fruitfulness. We're we're automatically fruitful as well. It's the natural consequence of being in the vine, having his life coursing through us. If we weren't fruitful, then we wouldn't be in Christ. It's like your phone. If you plug your phone into the PowerPoint, then it's charging. If it's not charging, it's not plugged into the PowerPoint. The two go together. If we're plugged into Jesus, we have his life in us. And the symptoms of his life, fruitfulness, well, that automatically is displayed in us as well. And so there's a couple of implications of this, right? Firstly, those who remain in Jesus will have assurance. If we remain in Jesus, we have assurance. We don't need to be nervous or left wondering. that There's no uncertainty. Those who trust in him and remain in him and depend on him, they will bear fruit. And so regardless of how you're feeling spiritually at the moment, No matter what part of that cycle you're on of feeling really spiritually vibrant and alive or not feeling it so much, regardless of where you are in that cycle, if you remain in Jesus, he assures you that you are spiritually alive. It's a fixed state. And so you don't need to be constantly looking for that next spiritual experience to lift you up again and get you back into that spiritually healthy zone. And so whatever it is, whether it's the Lord's Supper or or the experience of singing at church or going to that Christian conference, whatever it is, those things, they're not what gets you closer to God. They're not what make you spiritually alive. They're still good things, and they might even help you remain in Christ, but they're not the thing in the end that, that makes you alive. Our spiritual life and health doesn't come from those things. It comes from being in Christ, remaining in Him. And so if we do remain in him, well, we have great confidence, don't we? There's a real assurance in our spiritual state. And secondly, those who remain in Jesus, well, they will be recognizable. If we remain in Jesus, our lives will be recognizably Christian. See, what is the fruit of remaining in Jesus? Uh, We've talked in passing about justice and righteousness godliness, but but really our fruit, if we remain in Jesus, is the external evidence of the spiritual life in us. It's the sign that we're alive. It's everything that comes as a result of our depending on Jesus in our spiritual life. And so actually that's why Jesus talks about prayer in verse 7. And take a look there with me, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. Now, did you see the fruit of remaining in Jesus in that verse? What's the fruit of remaining in Jesus? As we depend on Jesus in prayer, He promises us the fruit of answered prayer. It's a pretty hefty promise, isn't it? It feels like a bit of a blank check. But of course, Jesus isn't offering to be our genie and to just grant us our wishes. No, these prayers are the prayers of those who remain in Jesus. It's in the context of a relationship between us and the vine. Of those who have Jesus remaining in them and who have his words in them, we can't abstract prayer from from that relationship. And so John can say in one of his letters later on in the Bible, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That kind of fruitful dependence on the vine, it's always going to show itself in our lives, isn't it? So as we pray, God, give me more self-control and discipline, well, because we remain in Jesus, we will see that fruitfulness in our lives. As we pray for boldness to share the gospel with our friends, to the glory of God, well, God will answer our prayers to his glory. Those who remain in Jesus will be recognizably Christian. It's part and parcel of being in Jesus. It just comes naturally. And in so doing, thirdly, they will bring glory to God. Take a look at verse 8. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Remember, the Father is the gardener of this vine. He wants it to be fruitful. And so our fruitfulness actually glorifies him. Just as any healthy, well-cultivated vine testifies to the hard work of the gardener, you know, those vines in the Hunter Valley, they show the glory of the one who who grew them, who cultivated them. Our fruitfulness glorifies God as the farmer. Well, we've seen that those who remain in Jesus will bear fruit. And so as a result, they have assurance. They, they'll be recognizable and they'll bring glory to God. But we've also seen that outside of Jesus, well, the future is bleak, isn't it? Jesus is our source of life. And so he tells us to remain in him, to stay connected to that source. He invites us to share in a deep, deep unity with him, just as he has that deep, deep unity between him and the Father. What it actually look like to remain in Jesus? What does that actually play out as in our lives? Well, it's not some mystical intangible thing. We've already seen that it's about dependence, haven't we? It's about depending on Jesus as our vine. It's, it's a reliance on Jesus. It's a refusal to leave him behind. And that dependence, well, it's exercised in tangible ways. Seen that in the passage, we remain in Jesus by having His words remain in us. In verse 7, we remain in Him by doing what He told us to do, by keeping His commands, even by loving each other, since He's shown us His wonderful love to us. We'll see that next week. So, what does it look like for us to remain in Jesus? Well, it means we fight the temptation to go after newer, deeper, better ideas. Right? We, we, we don't get so caught up in discussions of doctrine and, and theology, uh, good things, but so caught up in it that we leave behind the personal living relationship with Jesus. It means we work out how we can remain in Christ even when the busyness of life presses in. We, we work out how we can remember and hold on to his words even while we're chasing after the kids, even while we're chasing after that deadline at work. We don't leave Jesus to the side for a time. No, we keep praying even in the busyness. We keep reading the Bible even in the busyness. We don't forget about Jesus in the midst of life's craziness. It means we watch out for things that might pull us away from Christ. If we want to remain in Him, well, we guard our connection to Him, don't we? And so we actually say no to those, those school commitments that would keep us from, from church or, or make us too tired for church. We don't date people who are Christian if that's our stage of life because that can so easily end up distancing us from Christ. We guard our relationship with the vine. We do everything we can to remain in Jesus. Remaining in Jesus is the key to being spiritually healthy and alive. Remaining in him, well, it means you don't have to be nervous about that spiritual health checkup. Remain in him and you will bear fruit. Remain in Jesus for true spiritual life. Let me pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus, who is our true source of spiritual life. Father, we thank you that he is fruitful, and as we remain in him, so are we. Father, thank you that the key to being spiritually healthy is so simple. Remain in Jesus. Father, as the world presses in on us and life gets busy and temptations come, help us to remain in him. We pray, pray that our lives would show the fruit of that vital connection to him. That we would see fruit in our lives as godly Christians who remain in